You are Locked On Women's Basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Locked On Women's Basketball. I'm your host, Howard Magdal. Remind you, you can follow us on Twitter, both at Locked On WBB and, of course, our 24-7 site devoted to the sport, uh, High Post Hoops, which you can follow in all the usual ways. Make sure you download our app and you keep up on all that is going on uh, in the sport, much of which is taking place, of course, in Indiana, uh, where the head coach uh, and GM of the Indiana Fever, Poti Chapman, is here to join us. Uh, Poti, it's hard to know where to begin with this team. <laughs> yes, you know, I, I say that with a chuckle, but uh, there's a lot of new faces. Uh, a lot of people competing for some uh, for roster spots, and that's really made for a really good camp, Howard. I'm sure coaches say that all the time, but you know this is well documented in terms of the success that's been had in Indiana and the lack of success we had last year. Um, and it's just nice having some new faces in the space to to get some of the excitement back. You know, it's a little different of a process for you than obviously what you went through in Chicago where you kind of took a roster uh, that had some pieces already and uh, were building. This is a little more of a teardown. I'm wondering whether, uh, you know, it's obviously different. Do, do you like it better in some ways where it's a little faster maybe to shape it in your own image? You know, I, it's hard to say and, and to, to pick one over the other. I think it's they're both exciting and uh, most people may not agree with that, but it's exciting in the sense of, you know, where I am now with this Indiana franchise, the leadership uh, with Kelly, you know, someone who's a staple in our game and who's gotten this, you know, organization to the, the height of, of its game. So to have that person in your corner, on your side, has your back and her expertise. So it's really been exciting to have someone like KK to, to bounce things off of. So I think it's equally as exciting. It's interesting, you know, to have Kelly, who, who built that team that uh, really lasted for a long time, to have her still there. But, but of course, when you look at uh, what you were able to get in this draft, and you keep putting it in the same way that I think of it, 2-8-14, you know, we'll sort of take each in turn. <laughs> uh, but that number two pick, uh, I, I and you know this, I've been for the better part of, six months, eight months, a year, been thinking about what it would be like for you to be the one molding and shaping Kelsey Mitchell. Uh, now that you've had her for a few weeks, what have you learned about her game specifically and the way it will translate in year one? It's not so much her game at this point. I think she put that on display. I think you get a true sense of her speed laterally and mm -hmm. north and south and her ability to make decisions with that speed and change gears, to see it up close and personal at this level, that's something that's been unique to me. I think the biggest uh, surprise for me is she went through two or three practices, and I had some veteran players coming up to me saying, we need her to shoot the ball. Hmm. And I just chuckled inside because, you know, that wasn't, you know, there's always negative people out there. Oh, she shoots the ball so much. Well, she had to. They were successful. Mm -hmm. And she shot it close to 50%. So I think for me it's been her humility, uh, her ability to uh, take when you get on a pretty good, uh, to take criticism, and then her ability to want to learn because it's all new for her. 
I mean, and you made such a good point because she shot a ton, obviously, at Ohio State, but she did it with great efficiency, 50% from uh, the field overall, and she was a 40% three-point shooter. So it wasn't as if uh, she was uh, racking up a whole lot of misses. But something that, and, and you know, I, I like to dive into the numbers, and something that always was surprising to me was, given her ability to see the floor, her assist percentages were never at the level of, you know, just to take a couple of examples, Jordan Canada or Lexi Brown, you know, some of the other uh, point guards that went in the first round in this draft. And I always wondered whether at some level it had to do with the fact that she was playing at a different speed and that the WNBA offers players who are able to convert uh, more frequently and be able to sort of catch up to the passes that she makes and the things she see on the court. Is that something you're seeing early on? I think it's just a product of what she's capable of doing at the 50% field goal clip and 40% three-point. And that's not a knock on anyone else. They're just three totally different players um, in terms of, you know, Chelsea is a, a combo guard that can play someone. She's naturally gifted in her scoring ability. I think she'll have more assists come with her at this level because of not just the the pace of our game, but the spacing. And then being able to, you know, have multiple options on the court. She won't be the focal point Mm -hmm. of everything. So I think that'll help her as well. But, you know, to her credit, uh, she did what her coach needed her to do at Ohio State uh, to the tune of a lot of success. And I feel that she would do exactly what I needed to do as well. So to that specifically, when you talk about her as a combo guard, do you think of her as someone who you want the ball in her hands primarily? Do you see her as someone who more often is playing off the ball with you know someone like Erica, um, you know if Alexis uh, Peterson ends up uh, on the roster, or you know is she more of that true one uh, the way you would probably expect her to be with Shanice Johnson when she comes back? I, I think she's both. I think you don't. I don't want to take her away from her natural knack for being able to put the ball in the basket. So I just want. I want inundate her with just you know being a, a point guard, pass first point guard. I need her to be the, the point guard that can score the ball, but also has the ability to see her teammates. You know, she stretches the floor. Mm-hmm. I think she can play alongside Wheeler. I think she can sub and play the one. Uh, early on, I don't want to have a steady diet of that for her because I want her, you know, what happens is I don't want to take away from her what she's just naturally gifted at doing so early. I want to feel the comfort with her shot, with the space and her ability to, you know, put the ball in the basket, but she'll definitely eventually get to that point guard spot for us. Yeah, that's where you see her, sir, is ultimately that's her arc. It ought to be, uh, you know, moving in like a Courtney Vandersloot type direction ultimately. I, I I think both Howard and I don't yeah. want to put her in a box. Fair I enough. think that's the beauty of her. Yeah. I, no, no, seriously, that that's the beauty. You 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 can you know put her with that group where the weight of you know I I think that's the beauty of someone like Kelsey Mitchell. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I'm really eager to see the direction that she goes for sure. And, and but of course she is joined, uh, like you said, with a ton of youth. And so let's get to your your eighth overall pick. And first of all, I'm just curious. Come draft night, you know, Victoria Vivian's in uh, some mock drafts you know, was going as high as four. Uh, you know, there were a lot of teams interested in her and with good reason with what she's able to do. Uh, how surprised were you to be able to get her at eight? And how effortlessly do you see her fitting into the type of game you play? Listen, 
we got exactly who we wanted at every pick, and we didn't think that would happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not a knock on any other players. It's not. It's just a matter of what we needed most. And um, when it fell into place, we're extremely excited, just because you know her size and her ability to do some things instinctively. Um, you know, even on you know they're all they're all going to struggle defensively at our level. Uh, Victoria's been in. You know, Vic Schaefer is considered the secretary of defense. You know, mm-hmm. secretary of defense. And so she's she has that. She's going to compete and play hard. She's not going to back down. And that you know, just that sheer size is going to help us. I think they're all going to have a little bit of a baptism by fire <laughs> when mm-hmm. it comes to uh, the court. But you know, we're not asking them to be great tomorrow. Right. You know, we want them to be great today in terms of us practicing and working on things. You know, Victoria works every day. You know, at least. 40 minutes every day on her ball handling, you know, because uh, everyone knows she can shoot the basketball. But we feel that she's someone that could have an impact uh, long term for us. When you think of Toria, and, and, and you, you mentioned the ball handling, something that seemed to make a huge difference in terms of her efficiency uh, with Vic in her senior year was how often he played her at the four. Do you see her as someone who's a prototypical four where the lead is going, uh, especially you know, given her size and uh, her ability to crash the boards, or are you hoping that she's a little more of a two-three player for you ultimately? Two, three, and four. <laughs> because, it, listen, it, it, when you have a 12-man roster, when you play a condensed schedule uh, where a sprained ankle could mean three games missed, Right. If you could have players that can play multiple positions on both sides of the basketball, allow you to switch screens or scheme differently, they become more valuable than, you know, most people can truly appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you have to guard against, you know, playing the four at our level and playing the four in college is totally different. So you want them to become comfortable with their natural position, and then it gives us an, an opportunity later on if you want to play some small ball and space the floor to have her out there. So we, we see her as someone that can that can swing for sure. I mean it's interesting when you talk about that from a matchup perspective because I, I keep and you know, with both of these players trying to like you said, at some level put them in a box, but it really is increasingly a positionless league and so having those opportunities not just for a flexibility of uh, talent, but also specifically to the way you play um, you know, you sort of have been a forerunner for that. Do these players being able to play multiple positions, was that part of what made them specifically right for what you're looking to build there? It was the bonus. Uh, I, I want to give credit to what they're really, really good at or in, in some cases great. Uh, and then as you, you know, you start zeroing in on people, you're looking a little bit deeper and you're thinking about how you can marry that to your current roster, how it will mesh uh, to some successful things in the league, and then the light bulbs keep going off, and you can't ignore it. Right. Uh, and so that, you know, that, 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 those things made it a lot easier to identify this is why uh, and, and this is who we need. And so you talk sure. about what they're able to do well, and so, you know, certainly there's something that leaps off the page with your number 14 pick, Stephanie Mavunda, and that's 
her ability to rebound the basketball. If you go based on rebound percentage, both offensively and defensively, uh, each of her final two seasons at Ohio State, she was top 30 in the country. Uh, you know this. Uh, you know this has happened especially after you know basically two thirds of your roster got injured last year. But there were just these nights last summer where you guys struggled to rebound the basketball. Uh, and finished, I believe, at the bottom of the league in rebound percentage, uh, you know, strictly on a personnel question. Was that something that that stood out as, you know, this is someone who could be a rotation member for you right away because she is really addressing a position uh, of scarcity on the roster? Yes, yes, and yes. It's one of those things where, you know, you see the numbers, but when you see the games and you see someone that can truly rebound out of their area, uh, that's the next level. Mm-hmm. There's different levels to it. There's the people with the height. Uh, there's people with the quickness. There's people with brute size. And she has a little bit of all of those things. But what she has is she has a hunger for the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're scrimmaging against guys, and a lot of times the guys are coming down the lane, and you know, sometimes people are a little bit leery to take that blow. And and Steph, she welcomes it. And, you know, on top of that, she's just extremely coachable, and they all are. So to answer your question, yes, the the rebounding was something that stood out for us. Specifically, the rotation that you have in mind around the 4-5, how do you sort of see that breaking down with Steph? Uh, You know, you got Nat coming back. Uh, Natalie Chanwa and uh, and obviously Kayla Alexander, who uh, you know was a big acquisition for you because she had made tremendous leaps forward. In, in each case, you're talking about really efficient offensive players, but a lot of complementary skills at the four five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's one of those things where you, know, you talked about needs that we had to address. Uh, Kayla added some length and some size and a little bit of rim protection. And it's not necessarily about blocking those shots, but just altering them uh, if we got beat on the perimeter. And then Kayla's one of those people where she's going to get in the right spot, which opens it up for other people. But, you know, the rotation uh, is still developing. I mm-hmm. mean, it is truly a competitive camp. And I'm thankful I have seven more days uh, to decide which way we're going to go and people are playing themselves into tremendous opportunities. How hard is it? I, I mean, you obviously get a certain sense, especially early on and even before people get to camp, but how hard is it to change your mind about a player and how often does that happen? It's such a condensed period of time and the you know, the sample we're talking about is such a small uh, sample. How often does that happen for you? Well, you have to be able to see the forest for the trees. Uh, you know, there are certain people that bring a skill set to the table, and they're not going to undo that with a preseason game if they don't make a shot. Uh, you have a body of work with really good scrimmage guys that oftentimes kick your butt, you know, worse than a WNBA team could. So you get valuable information and insight from that, and I think sometimes the public forgets. You know, they'll tune into three games when no one's here, and it's crazy and people have so many turnovers and we're playing different combinations but there's a body of work uh with with practice guys as well right but i I don't know necessarily i don't think you necessarily change your mind i think certain things get validated because Mm -hmm. you have a pretty good idea going in 
So let's talk about maybe your, your biggest known quantity, and that's Candace Dupree. Uh, she did a lot of things that really uh, allowed her game to go to the next level, you know, to be your, your go-to scorer. It's a different situation, though, that you have this year where you've got her back, but you've got these rookies, like you said, who can put the ball in the basket, you know, whether it's Kelsey. I mean, Victoria Vivian's, there's not a shot on the floor she can't take. And I guess, do you, do you see this as more of uh, them acting in a complementary way offensively uh, than, than you had last year at times just because of the personnel? Or is Candace still sort of your go-to scorer when you think it through? Well, let me be clear and say two, eight, and 14 had scored a damn bucket. <laughs> okay, so True. That part. So to answer your question, uh, of course, Candace is established, uh, but she's smart enough as a player to help those players get to their comfort zone, and I think they'll feed off of one another. Uh, and sometimes a go-to player is not always the person who's taking the shot. It's maybe the person who has the ball in their hands at crucial decisions. Mm-hmm. And that's Candace. You know, it's like she, she's a sea of calm. Hmm. Uh, she understands things. And uh, I got a little bit of insight of that when I coached her in Russia, you mm-hmm. know, part of why I really wanted her here. So she's always going to be that, that piece that they will be able to play off of and, uh, and into, yeah, for sure. Just uh, on the injury front, uh, you know, I know Tiffany Mitchell, she broke her nose, if, if uh, I saw it correctly. Uh, any reason she'll be delayed relative to the start of the season? Is she back into practice for you yet, or where is she at this point? She won't be delayed this season. She did not uh, participate in media take because she had black eyes. Sure. Uh, and yesterday, no contact, but she'll be fine. She's fitted for a mask. And Tiffany had broken that nose uh, before a couple of times, and she knew immediately that. She said, yes, it hurts, but I'm okay, but she'll be fine. Not not a surprise the way she plays. Do you, do you see a next step forward for her as, as more efficiency at the offensive end? And, um, you know, what, what are your expectations for Tiffany coming into this year? You know, it's a pivotal year for her in terms of, I don't think there's necessarily something to prove. Mm-hmm. I think it's pivotal because... She's coming off of this injury that she blew it out the water, her rehabilitation. Mm-hmm. And what people forget is that, yeah, but I haven't been playing five on five. So right. now let me see all these things that I worked on. Can I put it into into that? And and, and unfortunately, you know, it, it, players get excited when the shot go in. Now, of course, I get excited too when the ball goes in the hole. But sometimes when they don't make those shots, sometimes Tiffany can't see the value in all the other things that she does positively for us. <laughs> this is, sure. You know, I, I, just, I, I chuckle at that, but I do expect her to be more consistent. You know, we talked about her shot selection. You know, right. we talked about, you know, not letting one end of the floor affect the other. So I think she's maturing in that, in that way. And what's interesting, you talked about all the other things she does. If you looked at her numbers rookie season uh, by Synergy, uh, they absolutely loved her at the defensive end of the floor. And that is a rare thing, as you pointed out, uh, for a rookie mm-hmm. to be able to uh, contribute that way. When, when that is apparent from day one, how, how well does that sort of predict what kind of a player and what kind of a two-way player you can expect Mitchell and in general a player to be? Well, those numbers don't lie. And... We always talk about a player's consistency on the offensive end of the floor. It gives me tools to motivate her to be that consistent player 
defensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if, if I think at one point she was shooting 27%, but I had her on a damn floor because she could defend, she can get out and space the floor, get you a basket and transition, those type things uh, in that regard. So I think it just gives me another tool to push her uh, to be, look, why not be one of the, I'll be on the all defensive team. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's a goal as well. And then with Shanice Johnson, I, I'm curious where she is on the road back. Mm-hmm. When do you expect her back? And I, it was it was a big, big loss. I think a bigger loss than people understood. You guys were treading water <laughs> last year. I mean, you, I think six and seven uh, to start. Uh, and when Shanice mm-hmm. went down, it, it, it became much harder because of what she's able to do on the floor for you. Howard, li- li- listen. Two and sixteen. You don't have to be afraid to say it. Without <laughs> <laughs> Shanice, and 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 I, I can laugh about that because. Well, I, I was thinking know, the glass half it's, full, it's, so I was talking about the before. But yes, that is true. It, 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 no, but but just it, it, it's important not for me, but I don't even think Shanice understood at the time of her injury. I want to say she was top five or six in terms of you know uh, two guards in the league mm-hmm. in terms of our overall numbers and how she impacted the game. Of course, we knew that because we felt it. Right. <laughs> you know, she's someone you can, you know, you know. anyway, so that was difficult. But in terms of her road to recovery, it, it needs to be said that she needs to have some significant damage, you know, and people see Tiffany coming back or why not Mo? I mean, why not Shanice? And it's one of those things where she had, you know, a little bit more in-depth uh, injury there, but, my expectations, I hate putting that on her in, in terms of, you know, a specific date. I just know she's working her tail off. Mm-hmm. And when I say she's ready, she may be cleared by a doctor, but mm-hmm. she wants to be back to Shanice Johnson level. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking that could be somewhere, you know, late June, July, you know, depending on how the next six weeks go. I think she's at a crucial point right now, but she's definitely putting in the work, loving her. And and to have her back, I mean, especially if you can get her midseason, that's the type of pickup that you know very few people uh, are going to be able to do uh, in, in this league. So that's got to be uh, a, something for you guys to be looking forward to. But you're you're treating it essentially as if it's going to be a bonus rather than something that you're going to rely on. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. It'll be the bonus. Makes sense to me. So big picture for here in year two, really young roster. Obviously, you know, coming off of 9-25 and 25 and in a league where everyone appears to be improved, and, and that's just sort of by nature uh, when you have uh, the type of talent that enters the league through the draft every single year. Uh, it took, I, if um, memory serves, to year three uh, for Chicago. Do you sort of think of this is a period of growth rather than, uh, look, absolutely, we need to be in a position uh, to be making the playoffs in year two? or And if not, how do you define what you're looking for in terms of goals this year? You know, it's more about what I want. You know, I don't know if there, you know, there may be a need, but that's what you want as a competitor, as a coach. You want these players with a certain talent level, and we know the competition's out there. We know we lack experience. We know we have people coming back off of injuries. All those things, uh, everyone's gotten better. But at the end of the day, we're working to be successful in the playoffs. Are always the goal, uh, minimal goal for this franchise. And you know the mantra is winning championships for the community. And it's hard to say what number that's going to look like mm-hmm. because of a con- because of a condensed schedule 
players come in late, players leave in injuries, but uh, we, we expect to be, you know, one of those eight teams that's, having, that's in postseason play. And is that a relatively regular message to your team, or uh, are you more focused on day-to-day when you talk to them about it? I, I know there's different schools of thought about that. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and honestly, I'm having a conversation with you, and yeah, they'll listen to it, but when you get to elite-level players, you don't even have to say it. Like, this is not college. We're not trying to get to the WNIT or the NCAA or win a conference tournament. That's all they know. Right. And I think that's what people don't understand. Like, some people may say rebuild. These players say reload. Mm-hmm. Y'all with the rebuild. <laughs> you know, our our careers aren't that long. So it's a mentality. So my school of thought is, of course, you, 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 everyone's, you know, you know, tasting the championship. We're going to take care of the day-to-day and have championship practices, championship days of building uh, this roster, and that's going to take care of itself. But don't misunderstand me. That's not just coach speak. Uh, we expect to be successful. Well, I, I expect it as well and look forward to seeing exactly how you do it. Schedule makers were nice enough to send you guys out east a bunch of times early on, too. So I'm looking forward to uh, seeing what you're building <laughs> in person. Forty Chapman, always a pleasure to chat with you. Thank you so much for being on the program. Thanks, Howard. I appreciate you. Take care.